Hey, and welcome to another Liberty's Lantern. Today we're going to be talking about something that a lot of us love, beer. And in particular, we're going to be talking about craft legislation. This is going to apply to 48 out of our 50 states. So California and Colorado, you'll want to listen, but this really doesn't apply to you. In particular, we're going to be focusing in a lot on North Carolina, and I'm going to be take, giving you the website. It's craftfreedom.org. I encourage you to check it out. They've got a lot of great information and a lot of great swag on there, so you'll make sure that you want to support them. But at the same time, we're going to be talking uh, a lot about North Carolina and their craft legislation uh, that impacts the manufacturers and, and microbreweries in this area. So stay tuned. And we're back. Okay, I'm actually going to share my screen with you right now. Uh, because I want you to see the website. This is uh, craftfreedom.org. I want you to go there. I want you to go check it out. It's a great site. There's lots of great information on there, uh, but it is particular to North Carolina. So uh, if you're in North Carolina, great. If not, I understand. But hey, you can even get some ideas for your own state. Like I said earlier, this does affect 48 out of the 50 states in the United States. So what is craft legislation? So here in North Carolina, if you open up a brewery and you get yourself licensed and uh, you get yourself all set up, you can make a maximum of 25,000 barrels of beer. Now that sounds like a pretty big number, and it is. It's not something that you're going to do on the first year or even within the first five years of you operating your brewery. But once you start getting past that and you've done a couple of expansions and you're not on just your starter tanks any longer and people are really demanding your beer, you're going to start getting closer and closer to that 25,000 barrel cap. There's a hundred and well, there's over 160 breweries in the state of North Carolina right now. And this currently affects approximately 30 of them uh, and is expected to affect over 90 within the next five years. So it's not a small problem, but it's, it's something that this craft freedom is getting ahead of before it becomes a much larger problem. So a barrel of beer is approximately 240 pints. So if you do your math, uh, let me bring up the calculator because it is not something that I am going to be able to do in my head right now. But if you have 25,000 and you multiply that by 240, that's 6 million pints of beer. Now, if you've done 6 million pints of beer, you're a pretty good business person and you've probably got a great product. <clears throat> so that's a great sign. Now, what happens when you hit this magical number of 25,000? So your license doesn't get revoked nothing. You just cannot distribute the beer yourself. 
you now have to basically find a distributor. And this distributor is what how beer gets to us on all the national brands like Budweiser, Samuel Adams, um, the list goes on and on and on. They all go through national distribution systems. You know, uh, the names vary. I, I grew up on Long Island, New York, and hey, Claire Rose is, is well known as the beer distributor up there. Uh, down here, it's another uh, another family name. It goes around the country, and they're all broken up regionally. And for the national guys, because they sell millions of barrels of beer every single year, it makes sense for them. But when you're selling 25,000 barrels and you're about to cross that threshold, you now have to get into contractual agreements with a distributor. Doesn't sound like it's all that big of a deal, but how these laws and how these rules apply is actually where the devil in the details lives. Because once you partner up with a distributor, it's more it's more binding than marriage legally. Uh, it's easier to divorce someone than it is to to get rid of your distributor or change your distributor. So if you have uh, an individual or a group or a company that's distributing your beer, great, that's phenomenal. Let's say all of a sudden they're not doing their job in getting your product placement. Uh, they're not helping you with promotions or, or whatever. They're not getting across your message any longer. They're not doing the job that you need to have done. So that's a problem. And if that situation arises, you can't do anything about it. Because they're not just a company that you've hired. They're actually part of your company without actually being part of your company. I know it sounds crazy, but that's exactly the way this works. So the other problem is the cost. You know, well, actually, before we even get to the cost, you've you've grown your business to sell 25,000 barrels. Six million pints of beer. You didn't get there by not having distribution systems. You have distribution. It's something that you already have in your system. Well, what happens to that distribution system? All the trucks that you've bought, all the people that you employ are no longer allowed to work for you. And these distribution companies have their own trucks they have their own people, and the chances are that they're not going to buy your trucks and they're not going to hire your people. So these people are out of a job. So that's, a, that's the first hard point right there. The second thing is they want a cut of the money. So you've been making money on your beer. You're selling it at, let's say, $10, $12 a six-pack. So about $2, let's say $12, it's $2 a bottle of beer. And there's a percentage that the, uh, that the grocery store or the bar or, or whatever they get. And then you get the remainder. 
Well, now there's a middleman. And not only do they have trucks and people, but they have uh, their own leadership and their own CEO and their own bosses and all of that. And they need to be paid and they have their own management and they have all this and that. It's a separate company. It's a separate entity unto itself. So there's all of, there's a duplicity of structure in essence. So you've got to pay for their structure. And you're not allowed not to pay for their structure. <clears throat> so that's a problem. I know. I'm sorry. We're talking about beer and I'm drinking water. I'm, I'm a really bad person. I should be drinking a beer. But, uh, so yeah, you, you get that, that point that you're paying for this duplicity of structure. So you've made it to that magical number of 25,000. Well, for you to retain your level of profit, you have to ramp production from 25,000 barrels to almost 40,000 barrels overnight not to lose any of your profit margin. And this is coming from the breweries themselves. They've done the numbers. They've figured it out. So that's a huge problem because now you're going to be, yes, you're going to be able to serve a larger market. You're, there's more people out there and all of that. But that type of growth, that type of investment in growth is not easy. I mean, you're virtually doubling your production to maintain your profit levels. It's ridiculous. It's not something that's doable, financially speaking. Now, some breweries, yes, they are lucky that they are at that financial point and they've budgeted for this and all of, and they've held back their production and they keep right at that 25,000 barrel mark without going over, but they're not, they're not satiating the demand for their beer any longer. And they can't for several years because they're behind the scenes building up the infrastructure for 40,000. And how do they know that the market will bear 40,000 barrels and not 35? And then all of a sudden, this is an entire futile process until they further expand even further as far as their distribution uh, capabilities allow. And then going back to the other point that we were having, if you pick a distributor that only distributes here in North Carolina, but then all of a sudden your business starts growing and you want to start distributing in South Carolina, but your distributor doesn't have the means to do it. Well, then you're kind of SOL because you've signed that paperwork with this distributor and they now have a controlling interest or, or a controlling portion of interest in your business. So they don't want another distributor coming in. They want to hold on to all the rights. So these are just some of the problems. Now, I said there are two states out there, two states that don't have this. They're California and Colorado. Next time you go to your beer distributor, next time you go there, I want you to look at the shelves. 
you're going to see Budweiser, you're going to see Sam Adams, you're going to see Rolling Rock, you're going to see all the other beers, Guinness, oh, the list goes on and on. These are all the national brands. You're going to see your local craft brewers, the people that brew in your area. And I guarantee you that you're going to see Sierra Nevada, or you're going to see other California beers, or other beers from Colorado. And have you ever wondered why you see beers from California and Colorado, but you don't see beers from New Mexico? You don't see beers from Maine. You don't see beers from other states. Well, the big portion of this is because they don't have these distribution laws and these distribution regulations in their states. So they can partner with their own distribution system and then for further regions if they don't want to pay for the infrastructure to distribute their beer to you know california beer coming here to north carolina they're not going to pay for their own distribution system for that so they can now contract with a distribution company to do that but it's not these hard laws, it's not these hard distribution rules and regulations that these states force these companies to do. It's more of a loose agreement that can be terminated at any time. Because it's just someone that you're contracting with. It's not a legally, the contract itself is legally binding. But you can put in end dates, you can put in stipulations, you can put in all of these different aspects. Or you can even have a clause in there that says, you know what, if we're not happy with your service, we can walk away. Well, in the state of North Carolina and in 48 other states, once you reach a certain level of production, that's no longer your option. That's why you see California beers. That's why you see Colorado beers and you don't see anybody else. Well, I want to see... Texas beer, and I want to see Maine beer, and I want to see Washington State beer on my shelves down here in North Carolina. N not only that, I want to see North Carolina beer, because I think North Carolina beer is delicious. But if you're watching this show in Tennessee, or you're watching this show in Virginia, or South Carolina, or New York, you're never going to know what a North Carolina beer tastes like unless if you come down here to North Carolina. And that's a problem. That's the crux of the issue. They're holding all of these companies down and they're restricting them and they're not allowing them to grow. Now, is that going to happen tomorrow? No. Like any business model, they have to develop it. It needs to grow on its own. It's like a plant. Remember Friedrich Hayek, all economics is organic. Well, that business needs to grow. Unfortunately, the state, in this case, North Carolina, is coming around with their pruning shears and they're cutting down the tree to make sure that it retains this 25,000 barrel cap. And that is a problem. The Libertarian Party of North Carolina has partnered up with craftfreedom.org 
to make sure that uh, they're getting help out there. It, it's, it's a sister organization. Uh, and I'm going to show you that website too, because you know what? I, I think it's important. Uh, and, hey, you can order your t-shirts here. Make sure you go and order your t-shirts. Come on, everyone wants a shirt that says free beer on it. And you're helping a good cause. So even if you're not in the state of North Carolina, you can order one of these t-shirts. And I think that's really important. So this is lpnc.org forward slash support underscore north underscore Carolina underscore four underscore free underscore beer. And four is actually F-O-R, not the number four. But yeah, this is really important, people. This is this is something that 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 <laughs> this affects our beer drinking. I mean, come on, we all love beer, right? So I want you to go to the website. I know this one's this one's a really short show. My gosh, I'm I'm only at 18 minutes. We've kind of talked about the the highlights here. We've talked about the impacts. So this is a really short one. Hey, you don't have to listen to me drone on for 30 minutes. Isn't that a great one? <laughs> check out the websites. That gives you more time to check them out. Click on support. Buy a t-shirt. Really great stuff. And uh, let's make it happen for them. I mean, let's support our businesses, our local businesses in here in North Carolina. Find out what legislation is in your state if you're not in North Carolina and support that legislation because I'm sure there's a similar movement or there's a similar movement about to begin or maybe this is your call to action to actually start the movement in your state too. Start partnering up. Go to your local craft breweries. A lot of them do tours. A lot of them have tasting rooms. Uh, so uh, definitely check them out. It's only a Google search away. Really important. And uh, find out what legislation is uh, affecting them. And this is a really easy, free the market kind of thing. Somewhere where we can all start, where we can all agree. So you have a great one. Great Sunday. And uh, I will see you again next week where we've got another topic talking about liberty, freedom, and everything in between. You have a great one. Bye. Thank you.